Lord Jesus, it's you that we adore. It's you why we're here. To lift our hands, to lift our hearts, to lift ourselves before you in praise. And Lord, as we do that, may we fall on our knees so that others see as our young people go for Sunday streams Lord you would speak to them continue to feed into their lives may they continue to worship you through activity through sharing through discussion through through fellowshipping together through reading your word speak Lord so that they may grow and understand Come into that fullness of knowing you. And Lord, as you do that for them, do that for us too who remain. As we open your words, Spirit of God, teach us, speak to us. We don't want to hear from David, we want to hear from you, Spirit of God. You have promised through your words. So teach us today, for your children are all listening. Your servants are listening. Thank you. We praise you. And we join these prayers in the words that you gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark 11 is the story or the account in Mark's gospel of Jesus coming in on the donkey. He comes in on Palm Sunday, the week before, or the Holy Week, as we lead up to Maundy Thursday and Good Friday and then Easter Sunday. And he goes and he tells his disciples, go find this donkey and bring it to me. And he comes in to fulfill the prophecy that he's coming as a peacemaker into the city of peace, Jerusalem. And they get those palm branches and they lay them down and they say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And he comes in with this uh, wonderful fanfare into Jerusalem. And then he goes straight into the temple and he starts causing a scene. Starts throwing out all the money changers and getting rid of all the, the abuse that's going on in the temple. 
And then at the end of the day, he withdraws out back to Bethany. And we pick up the story in Mark 11, verse 20. In the morning, it says, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from its roots. This was a fig tree that Jesus saw the day before, and he, and he said, Cursed is this tree, because it's not bearing fruit. And we're not going to really talk about that, but let me just, uh, people saw, well, why, why would this happen? Why would he do that? It wasn't the season for figs, so it's not going to bear fruit. But if you look in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were always... Uh, described or sometimes described as figs. And you can uh, read that in the Old Testament in Hosea, in Micah, in Jeremiah and so on. And the fig tree was a symbol of Israel and he's saying like, here's Israel and it's not bearing any, any fruit. And so judgment has come, it's cursed. And that's why it was like a, a physical example of, of the people of Israel and the situation they were in. So in the morning, as they went along, it says, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. And Peter remembered and said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. He said, have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, and he's now looking at the Mount of Olives, looking at at Jerusalem, and it says, go and throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. We've been looking at the different criteria or the different reasons how or the different aspects of prayer that separated the prayers of Jesus to the prayers of everybody else. How can we pray as the disciples asked in Luke 11? How can we pray like Jesus? I want to be able to pray like Jesus prayed. I want to be able to say to that mountain, go throw yourself. Not literally, because Harold the hill would just be removed, you know. But you want to have that kind of a strength in the prayers that we offer. That when you pray for someone who's sick, you say, be healed. And you know that they're going to be healed. Just as Jesus said. You pray for someone who's, who's, who needs a job and you say, the Lord's going to give you this job. And you know that that's what's going to happen because you're praying with Jesus. Or whatever the situation is. Have that same power that Jesus had. And we said to do that, first of all, from John 15, 7. He says, remain in me and let my words remain in you. Then ask whatever you want. And it's going to be given. And we we talked about the connectedness that we need to have in Jesus Christ. We need to remain in the vine. You can't pray and have that kind of power of prayer if you are not connected. And you don't allow the word of Jesus Christ to remain inside of you. And so we need to know his word. So that his word becomes increasingly part of our life and part of our thinking and part of who we are. Second thing we said from John 14. He said you have to pray in the name of Jesus. In the character of Jesus. As though Jesus was praying that very same prayer. 
Would Jesus, the question you need to ask yourself, would Jesus pray this prayer? Is this the prayer of Jesus? Can I say it in the name of Jesus? Is this his character? Is this his desire? Is this what he wants? Or is this me? And thirdly, and last week we looked at from James chapter 4, verse 3. He says, you don't have answers to your prayers because you pray with the wrong motivation. Your motives are not pure. Your motives are not the motives of God. You pray because you want it for yourself, but not because that's what God wants to give you. It's not. It's, you're doing it out of selfishness. And our motivation needs to be the same as that of Christ. And then today, look at what he says on Palm Sunday or the day after. He says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. We just prayed it in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses. So forgive us all the things that we need forgiveness for. And then what do we say? As we forgive those who trespass against us. Augustine called this the terrible petition. Because what it says is, it's like Ronsil. It says exactly what it means, you know, what it, it means what it says on the tin. What we're saying is, God, you forgive me as I'm going to forgive others. If I don't forgive others, then you don't forgive me. That's the deal. That's what we're praying. Every time we say the Lord's Prayer. That's why Augustine said it's a terrible petition. He said this, If you pray these words while harboring an unforgiving spirit, you're actually asking God not to forgive you. He said, if you pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us while refusing to forgive those who have wronged you. This prayer, which is meant as a blessing, becomes a self-inflicted curse. What you're really saying, he said, is, Oh God, since I have not forgiven my brother, please don't forgive me. Spurgeon, the great English preacher, said, if you pray the Lord's Prayer with an unforgiving spirit, you virtually signed your own death warrant. These are hard words of Jesus. But if we want to learn to pray like Jesus Christ, Jesus said to his disciples, and he says to us over and over and over again, you cannot have that powerful kind of prayer or any prayer if you do not have forgiveness it's as simple as that you look in Matthew where he gives the Lord's prayer that wonderful prayer in Matthew chapter 6 they come and ask him how, how should we pray this is how you pray our father in heaven and so on that we've just prayed and then straight afterwards, he picks up on one particular part of that prayer. He says this, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. 
You see how important it is to live with forgiveness? If you don't forgive someone else, your Heavenly Father is not going to listen to a single word you say. He's going to say, hey, I'm looking in your heart. Remember we talked about that in motivation. He looks into your heart and he's going to say, I see an unforgiving spirit. You know what happens? Why Christ doesn't forgive us? Why God doesn't forgive us if we have an unforgiving spirit? What happens to us when we refuse to forgive? Well, the Bible gives us a whole load of spiritual consequences to unforgiveness. You see, effectively what happens is that we deny the cross. What did Jesus say on the cross? Luke 23, 34. What did he say? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Now, why did he say that? Why? Well, I think for two reasons. One is because we need to, to hear that, right? We needed to hear the forgiveness of Jesus Christ because you and me nailed Jesus Christ to that cross, each one of us, by the things that we do and the things that we don't do. But equally, Jesus needed to say that for himself. Jesus needed to say, I am not going to take on that. I'm going to take on their sin, but I'm not going to take on the unforgiveness that comes with it. I am going to leave that unforgiveness and I'm going to forgive them. I'm not going to go down into hell. I'm not going to go down into the depths with that unforgiveness in my life. I choose to forgive them. Now notice, Jesus' unforgiveness and our unforgiveness is not conditional on the other person seeking it. Forgiveness is a decision of our will. Full stop. Forgiveness is a decision of our will. Jesus didn't have to wait there on the cross until the whole of humanity came to him and said, Jesus, please forgive me. Jesus made the decision, I will forgive them. Those that want forgiveness and those that don't want forgiveness, I will still give them forgiveness. And forgiveness is a decision of our will, not of the other person. But let's look at some of the consequences if we don't forgive. Firstly, the Bible says, Psalm 66 verse 18, it says, Our fellowship with the Father is blocked. If we have an unforgiving spirit, we cannot have connection with our Heavenly Father. That unforgiveness within us, if we say, I'm not going to forgive this person, that unforgiveness will damage and break the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. We can come to church, we can sing praises to Him, you can pray, you can do whatever you like, but you will not have communion. John 15, it'll be like the one that says, you're dead, I'm going to cut you off and I'm going to throw you away. Because there's no, there's no connection anymore. It's like a branch that's been severed from a tree that's just hanging there. There's no life going into it and so it shrivels up and it dies. The Bible says that's what you're like. 
if you have unforgiveness in your heart. In Ephesians chapter 4, let's read that passage. Ephesians 4, it describes us as, as grieving the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, it says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. See, it says, if you have that unforgiveness in you, if you have that anger within you, you're giving a devil a foothold in your life. You're laying out a nice little patch for him, a little table for him and say, Satan, come in, have residence here. Come do your work in my life. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You see what it's saying? If you don't forgive other people, you're denying Christ's forgiveness for yourself. You're saying, hey, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I love that bit. Thank you very much that I am saved by grace, but I'm not going to go and do what you told me to do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, it's like your, your forgiveness is not good enough, Jesus. We can't pick and mix. You can't have the forgiveness of God, he says, unless you're willing to show it to others. The Holy Spirit is grieved, it says. You're laying yourself open for the devil to come in and, and make a, a home inside of you. Your prayers are not going to be answered, as it says in Mark and in Matthew. You're not going to have, therefore, if you're blocked off from God, you're not going to have the power of God flowing through you anymore. You see all these spiritual things that happen when we have unforgiveness in our lives. In James chapter 4, it says, you're forcing God to become your enemy. You're making God an enemy because you have unforgiveness. And in John 15, in the vine, it says, you're going to lose all the blessing, all the fruit that God wants to pour through you is going to go. It's going to be cut off. It's a bit like if you're a, I'm not much of a gardener. I just do what I'm told in the garden. You know, we have an apple tree in the back garden and, and I get told, go cut this branch and that branch and this branch and thin it out of it. Why? Because if you don't thin out, what happens is all the branches start meshing together and they kind of intertwine and they start fighting one another to try and get the sunlight and to get the, the air and whatever else they need. So every year I think I'm going to kill this poor tree because I'm hacking off branch after branch and it's piling up in the garden. And I did that this year. And I thought, oh my goodness, like it, it just looked just like stumps everywhere. But you know what's happened? Now green shoots are coming out. Leaves are coming out. Because it's got air to breathe and it's got that space. And, and what happens if we start 
fighting each other and we start having that unforgiveness is that your focus starts turning onto that and you can't then bear the fruit that God wants to give you because you're not focusing on Him. It's like you're just intertwining and mixing it all up and you don't have that freedom and that space. So what do we need to do? How can we forgive others? Because forgiveness is not easy. It's easy when you're a five-year-old in a playground and you're banging at someone you say, oh, I'm sorry, and then you go on your way and two minutes later you've forgotten. But you know, sometimes forgiveness is so difficult. First thing we need to do is don't deny the pain and the scars and the hurt that you feel. Some people, when they have been hurt by others, just kind of get that English stiff upper lip kind of syndrome and they kind of go, well, let's just, I'm going to bury that. I'm going to just not, that's it. I'm just going to bury it and I'm going to pull up my bootstraps and just keep on going. And this kind of martyr atmosphere, don't do that. Because what you do is you bury it, but you're not dealing with it. And it will come out again and again and again. I've talked to so many people that have unforgiveness from childhood or from other parts of their lives that they try to bury and it just it's like a volcano that just kind of keeps bursting out all over the place. And you see it in different parts of their life because they haven't dealt with it at its source. We need to be honest and say, Lord, this hurts. But by being honest, we have an opportunity then to face it and to deal with it and to forgive. So be real about the hurt that you feel. But secondly, choose to forgive. I said earlier, forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a decision of your will. You choose to forgive or not forgive. No one else. It's your choice. Jesus, when he's on the cross, as I said, it's not dependent on other people coming to you. It's not dependent on them feeling sorry. It's not dependent on them groveling in the dust before you. Then I'll forgive you. That is not forgiveness. Forgiveness is a decision of your will. You decide, no one else, whether you're going to forgive or not forgive. You decide what you want to do. You see, it's kind of like a T-junction. You're going along your merry way and something happens in your life. Someone hurts you. You get hurt. At that moment, you have a decision to go right or left. One way is the way of unforgiveness. You know what happens? When we turn that way, we go, I can't believe they did that to me. How dare they do that to me? Who do you think they are to do that to me? And then you keep going down this pathway feeling aggrieved. And then you go, hey, Sanjay, let me tell you what happened to me today. Can you believe they did that to me? And then you go, hey, now I've shared it with Sanjay, but I'm going to share it with Sajal as well. Sajal, you wouldn't believe what this person did. And you start talking about it. And they're, oh, I know they're terrible people, aren't they? Right? 
And you keep on walking down this pathway. What happens? Bitterness starts getting on your heart. What happens? You start waking up and you're thinking about that. And you're going to bed thinking about that. And you're not getting any sleep because it's wrecking your sleep pattern. Every time you see Sanjay, you say, you know, they did it again. I can't believe it. They're still doing it. And you try and character assassinate them. And you try and get Sanjay and Seljol on your side and say, woe is me. Oh man, I'm so, I've been so abused and hurt. You know what the end of that story is? Death. It's bitterness, aloneness and death. That's the end of that story. Or you get to the crossroads and you decide to go this way. And you say, you know what? Lord Jesus, they really hurt me. But I choose to forgive them. And when you go that way, you know what happens? It keeps on coming back up here. can't believe they hurt me. They're doing it again. And what do you have to do? You say, Lord, I choose to forgive them. Lord, I choose to forgive them. I am not going to take this with me. I do not want this. I'm not going to, it's like a backpack that you keep loading with rocks and I go, I don't want to carry this. I want to be serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to be dealing with this rubbish. I haven't got time for this. And you take it off and you take it off and you keep taking it off however many times it takes you to take it off. Because forgiveness is a decision of your will. When Jesus was on that cross saying, Father, forgive them, it was the same prayer as he said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be done. He was saying, Father, I do not want, I'm going to take sin into my life. I'm going to bear their sin so that they don't have the consequences, but I do not want to bear their bitterness. I do not want to carry that and make it part of my character and who I am. I am going to stay holy. I am going to stay the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Father, forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing or who they're doing it to. Forgiveness is a decision. So if you decide to go the way of God, you keep on making that decision over and over again for as long as it takes. Second thing you do, the third thing you do is you don't dwell on it. You know the power of unforgiveness? The power of unforgiveness is in the dwelling on it. It's, 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 you know when you make stew? I make a wonderful goulash. Okay, it's not that wonderful, but I make goulash, all right? And when you make goulash, you know what you do? It's just like a stew, really, isn't it, with a fancy name. But you, you kind of bung it all in there, and you know what happens? Like, I don't check what ingredients I've got. I just kind of look at it. And I go, hey, what have we got in the fridge? And I see there, oh, carrots, that'll do. I'll bung some carrots in. And then you stir that up and you leave it for a bit. And then you kind of go, what else have I got? It's not looking full enough yet. Oh, a bit of celery. I'll bung that in as well, you know. And, and so it comes out different every single time you make it because it depends what's available, you know. Oh, Pringles. Yeah, they'll do. I'll put them in. You know, whatever. 
you just bung it in there and off it goes, right? That's, that's kind of like unforgiveness. It's like this big pot of stew and you're looking at it and it's bubbling away and you're going, oh, I'm going to add more and add more and add more and add more. Forgiveness says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to let it infect my mind and my heart and my life. I don't need to. I don't need to have my life revolving around this thing of unforgiveness. I'm going to forgive. And so I have more important things, other things I'm going to dwell on. I'm going to dwell on how I can serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to dwell on what He wants me to do. I'm going to dwell on the fruits that He wants me to produce throughout my life. I'm going to dwell on the good things, not on these things. And every time it comes up, you just say, Lord, deal with it. Deal with it. Get it out of my life. I'm not going to dwell on it. Out of my mind and then out of my mouth. And I keep on choosing. Keep on choosing. You know, yesterday we, uh, yesterday we cleaned. Thank you for those that came and helped clean the sanctuary. Wonderful clean carpet. And did all the dusting and everything else, you know. It was brilliant. Thank you. But you know the problem is? Cobwebs are going to appear again. I was, I was in Winchester Cathedral. They had cathedral-sized cobwebs. I mean, I was going around there looking at their cobwebs, man. They were huge. But we cleaned it. But you know what? Some spiders are going to get in and start making new cobwebs. And it's just going to start building up again. Why? Because you have to keep on cleaning, don't you? It's never in. It's like when you wash your windows. You wash it, and for five seconds it looks wonderful, and then the rain comes, and it looks dirty again. You have to keep on dealing with it. Keep on for as long as it takes. But don't dwell on it. When it pops up, get rid of it. Pops up, get rid of it. And decide that you're not going to dwell on it. Ask God to help you. Keep on choosing. And the last thing we need to do is to change our behavior. Show your forgiveness by what you do. Demonstrate that you have forgiven. Show it in your action. Refuse to speak to others of that thing. No more Sanjay and Sejal. That conversation is not happening again. And if they bring it up, I say, no, you know what? I've forgiven them. We're not going there. You refuse. No. I've dealt with it. I'm not going to stir it back up again. I'm dealing with it. And I'm not going to speak negatively about them. I'm not going to go down that pathway. I'm going to go this way. So I'm going to speak positive. I'm going to show mercy instead of judgment into their lives. I'm going to pray for God's blessing in their lives. I'm going to get on my knees and pray for them and say, Lord, bless them. Don't bless them so that they may receive, understand the error of their ways and how they've hurt me. No. Lord, just bless them because they're a child of you. That individual is your child, your creation. And I want to see you blessing them. And coming into their lives and giving them everything, fullness and joy. Lord, bless them. You know, when you're in prayer, it's one of the best indicators 
of forgiveness. You know that? If you haven't really forgiven them, it's so hard to pray for blessing in their lives. So hard. Because when you pray, God, I don't know, He somehow opens your spirit up, your heart up. Have you ever had that? He, He just shows you really what your motivation and what's inside, what's going on. When you're on your knees before Him. Pray for their blessing. Pray that God will just fill them to overflowing. And then find a way to help them. If there's a practical thing you can do, then do it. Show that you have forgiven them. Forgiveness is a choice. You see, it's not dependent on them. It's dependent on you. You want God to be powerful in your life? You need to be pure. You need to have forgiven everyone who has wronged you. And sometimes that's really hard because you're in a situation where it's continuing over and over again. And therefore the forgiveness is over and over again. Sometimes it's hard because it's gone so deep within you. It's so painful. And you maybe you've buried it for so long that you don't even really want to face it. But you know it's affecting who you are and who you want to be. And maybe more importantly, who Christ wants you to be. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. He's saying, come. Come and receive forgiveness. Forgive my trespasses as I forgive others. Where are you today? Do you need forgiveness? You got people in your life that you're saying, you know what, I just, I can't forgive them. You know what you're doing? You're closing yourself to the forgiveness of God. Forgive. Forgive. Let it go. Let it go out of your life. Give it to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, help me today. Help me to forgive so that I may be forgiven too. I guess it depends on really what you want in life. If you really want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, if you really want Christ to be the center, if you really want the joy and the blessing and the power of God flowing through you, if you want to be able to pray like Jesus prayed, then you need to forgive like Jesus has forgiven. And where you struggle, Ask Him to help you. Because our Heavenly Father and the Spirit of God and Jesus are there 
to come around us and say, David, I know you're struggling, but let me help you to forgive and to move on so that I may continue to pour my blessing in and through you. And as he does that for me, he does that for you too. So that he may have the honor and the glory. For we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Lord Jesus, we find forgiveness so hard. So hard. And sometimes, Lord, we give up in the struggle. Lord, where my brothers and sisters have given up, where I've given up, Lord, give us new strength to forgive. Because there's power in forgiveness. There's beauty in forgiveness. There's strength in forgiveness. There's reconciliation through forgiveness. And Lord, our forgiveness is a witness to what you have done on the cross. So Lord, as we come and eat and drink right now, as we take that bread and as we drink that wine, if there is any unforgiveness in our hearts, Lord, we give it to you. Deal with us. We lay it before you and give us a fresh start. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he took the cup and he gave it to them right there in the midst was one that was going to betray him one that was going to stab him in the back right there in the midst he knew that all his followers all his closest disciples were going to run away and hide right there in the midst was one that was going to deny him three times and even he told him. And still he went ahead and did it anyway. All of them were going to let him down. Not one of them could even stay awake and pray with him in the garden. And yet he said, Father, forgive them. Strengthen them. And what did he do? Once he rose again, he restored them to position. And said, Peter, go feed my sheep. The rest of you guys go to the ends of the earth and tell them about Jesus. And that's what he wants to do for you and me. And so, Lord, as we eat this bread, your body broken. As we drink this cup, your blood poured out. Heal us. Forgive us as we forgive those who have wronged us. And Lord, help us to forgive ourselves too.
where we mess up. And help us to receive that forgiveness from you. Wash us clean. And make us whole. For we ask this in the name of Christ.